I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Thursday. The Heat were on, one over Boston, now up 3-1. to one. 80% chance to advance to the finals for Miami. Game 5 on Friday. Boston still favored by as many points as ever in this series. 3.5 over the Heat. Lakers versus Nuggets tonight. Nuggets are getting slightly more respect, but still six and a half point underdogs versus LA. Jacksonville Jags, a team some experts, hint, hint, Fezzik said was tanking. Playing hard and favored by a field goal tonight, hosting the Dolphins. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Thursday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great, great nation. Fez in studio on Thursdays, doing football, give him credit, taking the heat. We'll be talking about that tanking talk before the end of this first segment even. Sports batters listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. Now, he's a buddy, but he's also the Joe of Joes in Los Angeles, Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got week three in the NFL kicking off later on tonight, we've got a game in the Western Conference Finals at almost exactly the same time. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? I'm going to go with yesterday's NBA the Miami Heat taking a commanding 3-1 lead, 80% chance to advance to the finals. What's going on? I think it says something about the future of the NBA. Yeah, it was the Miami Heat, a 112-109 win over the Boston Celtics. As you mentioned, a three games to one series lead. Miami now one game away from going to the NBA finals. And Hero with a, a monster, huh? Yeah, 37 points. He was awesome. Whew. Now... Fez, we're going to start with the eye of, of a professional batter. What did you see that we should take away from that game? I was very impressed that Miami won the game because Miami did not shoot well from threes the entire game. Hero had a great game. The rest of the team shot poorly. In fact, 27% from three-point land for Miami, yet they still won. Okay, so what we like to do is convert and say, what would happen if both teams had hit the same percentage of threes how much of an advantage would that change that better shooting have been for Miami? Nine extra points for Miami. So imagine they win that game by you know double digits. It's a statement even beyond the statement made. So when you can win, and that's not the only factor, but when you can win in the NBA in 2020 and still get outshot on threes, that means you won in some fundamental places. Here's what I think we see with Miami and Today on The Herd, Colin was talking about how, oh, the Heat can develop players so well and the Lakers can't. 
And I think that's fair. I, I agree. But I think the real counterpoint, the Clippers. Now, let's think back. It was last summer, you know, summer before this most recent one. I remember it was a Saturday night, I think, or it was certainly felt like a Saturday. Maybe it was right around the 4th of July. And then the report started coming out, you know, do, 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 do. And it's like, uh oh, Paul George. And then it's like eight first round picks, you know, this player, that player. And again, Jonas being in LA was, I'm sure, watching a lot of those Clipper games the year before when, remember, they had a very competitive series against Golden State. There was a lot of youth on that team that got shipped to OKC for a guy who, quite frankly, has yet to establish himself, Paul George, as a playoff performer. And you got to wonder, the Heat, would they be inclined to say, okay, we'll trade three of our top young guys for Paul George? And my question is, and I'll ask Jonas, isn't that exactly what the Clippers did? And are we starting to wonder from what the Heat are doing performance-wise if that was a big mistake. Yeah, no, I think that's 100% correct. I've also thought this, and you bring up the point of the Clippers, and it's funny because I was thinking about this a couple of days ago. It's kind of similar to what Boston went through with Kyrie Irving, to where you had these young players without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward go all the way to a Game 7 with the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals, and the next year somehow they regressed and didn't get as far. And it makes you, okay, if there was some ego there thinking, well, we could do it without you. Why do we need you? I've wondered if that happened with the Clippers. We got to the exact same place without you guys. Why should we take a step, a back seat when we were the team here that got us here at the same point the year before? Yeah. So the uh, only slight distinction, right? Year before they lost in the first round, the Clippers, right? Well, Against... the, Clip- the Clippers took, uh, didn't they take Golden State? Yeah, they took them far in the first round. Okay. But, but you're right. Just generally, you made the playoffs and didn't do much. Right. You know, the year before and this year. You're taking it a step further, though, by saying, forget what you give up for these guys, because no one can debate that Boston made a good trade getting rid of Isaiah Thomas as uh, – his knees were going, right? It's, I think it was yeah. his knee. It was his hip. And get, getting Kyrie hip, getting Kyrie was almost a free roll, right? Yeah. They were paying for him, but they didn't have to pay to get him. Mm-hmm. And he didn't work out. And you could make the case he was a net negative. That's why I have no great optimism about the Nets and anywhere where Kyrie is. I'm not all that excited about it. And you might be right. Sometimes not even having one of those veterans – especially if they're not team, team, team guys. Maybe it gets in the way of the development. But boy, if you can have a couple veterans and all your youth, all the better. But if you have to give up everybody, this whole kind of LeBron, the big three model with Bosch and Wade, that worked. That's been a while. you got to wonder, Golden State, even when they lost, and I get it, they were injured uh, badly at the end against uh, Toronto. And, you know, nothing can really prevent those kind of things. It's random. But the thinness on Golden State, no one thought they were near the team that last year together they were a couple years before because if you keep paying guys big money, you got to go thin. You lose guys like Looney, you know, who, as you used to love Looney. But <laughs> I think that the Heat – I'm not a big – I love Pat Riley just because I was a Magic guy back in the day, and, you know, I enjoyed him. And I loved what he did with the Knicks. I thought Riley 
you remember back to the you know mid '90s Knicks? They went against Jordan hard. Awesome, yeah. They were trying, man, and those were wars. And I that Houston Knicks series when Starks uh, in Game Seven just shot him out of it. That was one of the great dramatic endings. Pat Riley could he win one there? Ewing finally getting what? Yeah, I love Riley, but I've never been a Heat fan. But boy. Butler goes there and everyone laughs. Oh, yeah, you're not going to win there. You might be the number one guy, but number one guy what? Of not making the playoffs? I mean, that was the sense. And to not only be right, what did he say? Minnesota, they're not playing hard enough for me. I'm out of here. Philly, too many shenanigans. The redemption for Butler, but the beauty is Butler doesn't even need to be the leading scorer. He doesn't need to be in the lead. A guy like Hero can step up unexpectedly to me, that's the kind of NBA I want to watch. I don't want the title decided in the offseason. And if it's just about where the best player, if the Clippers could have decided the title in July, that doesn't interest me as much. And man, not only didn't they decide the title, as Fez would say, the button got pushed on the off. <laughs> and the reality is, you got a Heat team that nobody expected to be here. And all this talk about, oh, once LeBron gets done with Denver, this one's going to be easy? I don't know. It seems like the Heat, if you just look at the playoffs and don't know anything, didn't know anything about these teams coming in, Miami's played the best of any team. They're 11 and 2. Against good competition. Yeah, they took out Milwaukee. And I think you bring up a great point about how much better Jimmy Butler is making the other players. Drogic is playing out of his mind. So his game is really enhanced for Miami's point guard. Uh, complete team effort. And one of those losses was in overtime. So they've only lost in regulation once this entire postseason. And Milwaukee was the best regular season team. Yeah. All right. And Boston, how much better is Boston or Milwaukee over either Denver? And let's give Denver credit or Houston or Portland. Lakers have had the much easier road. Miami's more impressive and Miami's getting better as the playoffs proceed. I don't get any sense other than AD and LeBron of the Lakers doing that. And Miami might even have the shorter series. So they might be the better rested team. Yeah. So tonight, Lakers Nuggets line is. Lakers by six. Let's finish up the NBA with this. Fez, we talk about it. I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. That in the NBA series, there's two factors in between games other than injuries, which if they happen, yeah. But otherwise, it's who won and does that cause a upgrade to them? Meaning, are we more impressed now? And number two, the zigzag, which is if a team wins one game, the other team's extra motivated. So, Lakers were six and a half in the prior game, game three. Lakers lost. The line's gone down to six. Typically, it would go up because the Lakers are now extra motivated, the zigzag. Yes. So, this says the market is given some respect to Denver. Absolutely right. And the market is looking at these three games between these teams and saying, you know what? There's not nearly as big a difference as we thought. The Lakers are only outscoring Denver on average in the series by two points per game. And the last two games, you can make the case the Lakers were lucky just to have won one of the two. Well, no doubt, right? So give them credit for that. That's how champions are. So, Jonas, to wrap the NBA, it dealer's choice, 
Any observations? Where is Where do we stand on, because it feels like we've had this conversation a lot, and I don't even know if it's just the playoffs as it is the bubble in totality, but we've had a lot of conversation about why is this line this? Why, why is this team still favored or that team? It feels like the line's been wrong a lot, and the underdog has won a lot. Maybe more. Maybe I'm just paying closer attention to it, but it just I get that sense mm. overall in, in the bubble so far. Well, hey, let's give ourselves credit for being predictors here, is we felt like this was a chance of a non-big favor to win a title because of the high variance. It's just so many things are different. Who knows what the effect's going to be, really, effectively. And we've seen three big boys, Clippers gone, Milwaukee gone, Lakers left. Young teams have seen to do better, which we predicted because of the whole AAU feel. They don't have families as much at home, feeling distracted that they're not there. And I'll tell you right now, give LeBron credit. I'm not a LeBron lover. But of the old teams, he's kept the Lakers focusing together as, more than any other, other of the older established teams. I think he gets credit for that. Last point I would make, when there's no home in a way, the line stays about the same every game. So any variation is easier to spot. Whereas as you flip from home to away, it's not as obvious what the market is truly saying because of home court adjustment. Any, anything to close, Fess? Yeah, you know, I only have the Lakers four and a half points better than Denver. So even at six, uh, Mark, there's still point spread tax with the Lakers. So you lean Lakers, or I'm sorry, you lean Nuggets. Yes. All right, so Fez is easy to say about his leans. Now he's got to answer for saying Jacksonville was tanking. He'll answer that next here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, somebody on this show may have completely misread a current team strategy <laughs> heading into the season. I was talking about you, Jonas. Is, uh, someone at works at pregame.com listens every day, and they're like, when Jonas is out, there's something missing. And I thought, really? I never noticed that. And then, <laughs> but then he said, well, he's on Fezzik's side. But then when he goes against Fezzik, we know that it's not just you being too hard on Fezzik. That was a brilliant point. When you lose, you know, Cronkite, you know, Nixon said when you lose Cronkite, you've lost the country. <laughs> when Fezzik loses Jonas, so we'll see, because uh, it might have been Fez that said, tank, tank. Uh, great day to join us. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. Keep it coming. We'll keep the great shows coming. We'll make our best effort to make them great. And I think this is going to be our best football season yet. You can listen on all the terrestrial stations over the air. But you might say, well... Where is that station, RJ? Go to foxsportsradio.com. You can hear the streaming there or find the station. There's 225 of them here in Las Vegas. 97 degrees on the strip. Neon is flowing. So, RJ, coming up in about 25 minutes from now, we'll do a full preview of Thursday Night Football kicking off later on tonight between the Dolphins and the Jags. Jacksonville is a three-point favorite right now on pregame.com, which is ironic because a lot of people felt that Jacksonville was probably going to be an underdog in every game this season. <laughs> Baz, you better answer. 
Ouch. Well, you warned me, RJ. Last year, I said, RJ, I think Miami wants Tua. They might tank. And you're like, Fez, NFL teams have never tanked, and they won't tank. What are you talking about? And then Miami plays hard and wins five games. So this was the first game against the Ravens. They looked pretty bad. Fair enough. So this year, having learned from Miami, of course, when we talk about Jacksonville, you would think I would have learned my lesson. But no, I see them going with the stash, Minshew, who did not play well in December last year. No, no. I would say this. You almost won me over. So of all the tanking potential teams, Jacksonville getting rid of Fournette. Without any great benefit to them financially. And no, seemingly no backup at all at running back. No doubt. Uh, thin at best. Minshew was probably the worst quarterback I'd ever seen in memory be unchallenged in preseason. Meaning, forget the preseason games. I mean, to have a camp that Minshew is your starter, and he's like Tom freaking Brady, where like I, we might as well not bring anyone in, Glennon or whatever. Yes. It's like, find the guy nobody wants to start because we want to prop up Minshew. It's like, wow, this is the guy with the least amount of pedigree I've ever seen get that treatment. You cut your star running back when there's no reason financially to do it. It felt like the ingredients, the anatomy of a tank. I was still skeptical. You were in hook, line, and sinker. Big time. And who knows their personnel better than the Jacksonville Jaguars? As it turns out, Minshew, year-to-date, playing very well. 13th in the league in QBR. Yeah, better than very well. He's exceeded all expectations. Huge. And no running back with this James Robinson undrafted rookie is putting up great numbers. He's averaging more than five yards per carry, way better than Fournette ever did. So here's what we'll say. Jonas mentioned it before the end of the hour, the 6th Eastern hour. We're going to do our preview on the game. Do you got anything good on it? You got a prop? You got What are you going to have? best bet. A best bet on a prop. But I need a pledge from you. Now, Avon Barksdale from The Wire is a guy that I look at for, at for spiritual guidance. He's spoken about this. Let's listen. The game is the f***ing game, period. The game is the effing game, period. <laughs> There is no tank in the NFL. Do you pledge to never claim that again? I pledge it. I got to give you accolades. Before week two, you were screaming at me saying, Fez, Jacksonville clearly isn't tanking. We got to bet Jacksonville against Tennessee. Did you still think that Jacksonville was tanking after they fought hard and beat the the Colts? Are your number 11 team? (laughs) No, but I did not make nearly enough of an adjustment. You're like, you got to move this team a field goal at a minimum. Because here's the thing. Last point on this. If you do think they're tanking, how much is that worth? Well, let's say that you got word, inside info, and they said, you know, Jacksonville wasn't tanking, but they've decided to tank this week. How much would you adjust them? Oh, touchdown. Yeah, I mean, like if you're At not going to try super hard. So if you think they might be tanking and then they show they're not, you got to adjust it major. But luckily for me, I control our Super Contest pigs. <laughs> Jacksonville was right there. By the way, tonight also, Lakers 6 Versus the Nuggets. And tomorrow, and this is a shocker, Boston, three and a half. Down 3-1, three and a half point over the Heat. That's as big of a line as it's been in this series. People are not yet convinced about the young Heat. So do you guys, and I just have a quick follow-up on Jacksonville. As far as season win total goes, 
if you were to readjust the season win total, because I think they're at, was it five, if I'm not mistaken, or four and a half? Yeah, it was four and a half before the year started. Currently. And it did bet under, I mean, it was getting bet under like crazy, right? Exactly. The current number, it's been put back up in a couple places, including the MGM here in Vegas at five. I think over five is a really good bet. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I mean, we might be making this bet right now. (laughs) So you're saying four and a half. They split their first two games. Their fractional wins on those games was not a full game, right? Right. So, if anything, they've exceeded expectations already. Yes. And there's only a half-game upgrade. That's insane. So, that's a great question, Jonas. Let me ask you. Oh, you want to follow up real quick what, before I, I dig in? I know. I'm just thinking. I, I didn't even know that if that was even a possibility that you could bet on something like that. So You know, that, they don't very often, but it looks like the books are being ambitious here. I like it. Let's give them credit. But, yeah, you're right. Typically not. And you've been asking them to do this for years. Maybe they're listening. Well, I, I tell you, I think that with Jersey, Jersey's being competitive and everyone's starting to compete now. So, if three weeks in, if, if this game goes how the line is set, where Jacksonville's going to win this game is expected, if this game yeah. goes through, through three weeks, Jacksonville's got two wins, why would it, why would it only go up a half game? Like through two, through it three? doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's why we're going to bet it right now. So, <laughs> uh, what's our limit on that? It's probably 300 on the app, especially because it's me and they've got me limited. <laughs> oh, oh, wow, wow. I mean... I'm already a multi-millionaire. I mean, there's no way for this guy to go 10 minutes without bragging. Well, bang it once and see if they let you hit it. I mean, yeah, this is crazy to me. But remember now, the way to think about these games, Jonas, are fractional wins. So let's say, for example, a team was even. right? Pick them. Right? So Jacksonville's three tonight. Let's say it was pick them. How many wins do they get credit for projecting is a half a win? The theory is they got a 50% chance to win a game, so they get a half a win. So if you were 90% to win, like the Lakers um, minus six, I'm not sure the money line feds. What's the Lakers' chance to win the game tonight, you'd say, at minus six? Yeah, 67%. Okay, let's say 70 just to round it. So you would give the Lakers a .7 fractional win, right? So that's how you can actually do the entire season on teams, and that's how they do it effectively. And they've got the Bengals and the Lions in two of the next three games. Ooh, I like that, too. We might win this thing before we know. (laughs) Hey, real quick, you upgraded Jacksonville four points, if I remember? Yes. Now, how much is four points worth over 14 games? Because you have an equation for that. We can say how much we think it should have been upgraded. Two games. Okay. So what you're saying is you think it should have went from four and a half to six and a half because of your upgrade – They've only gone up to five. Yes. Jonas, this is how this is if you ever want to quit your job, you gotta be able to do this. Fez is one of the best in the world at. Let's give him credit. Yeah, and I think this is does this mark the first actual live bet we've done on the air? Does that mark? Well, it's maybe kind of, that we talked about, yeah. but there's been a few <laughs> <laughs> And plus we're betting against each other too all the time. Speaking of that, tomorrow Fez has to pick seven games. How you feeling, two and five? Bounce back Friday, baby. <laughs> All right, let's do this. I'm going to let Fez pick any NFL topic that he thinks has been under-discussed when it comes to predicting winners for this weekend. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. You know, I love our news guys. I mean, just A to Z, they're excellent. But it's interesting 
and I don't know if Isaac wants to jump on, is it's funny, like, the wording he used was really anti-craft. It was like, well, they wouldn't allow them to use the evidence. <laughs> and to me, that implies, evidence implies it's valid, it's good, but maybe it could be the prosecutors wanted to use some evidence that the judge decided was inadmissible, which means that maybe it's not valid evidence, right? So, it, it, and I also heard at the end his high-powered attorneys, so the implication is they somehow got over on justice, but if anything, from what I've seen, and Jonas, I don't know your thoughts, it looked like that it was a political effort, not political as in Republican-Democrat, but rather, oh, we can get some attention if we prosecute. It's been years they've been prosecuting a misdemeanor I mean, that's nothing, it seems to me, but trying to get attention for the prosecutor. Yeah, what do took, you guys think? It, it took on another level when they wanted to show the footage in the courtroom. Like, why do we need to see the footage? Because they mean, want to embarrass him yes. so then he can do 100%. a plea. Totally agree. For, but what would the plea get anyway? What, how does justice <laughs> get served? By Kraft, if he, who allegedly whatever, if he was having uh, whatever, within reason, right? If, if there's, <laughs> I mean, obviously... The laws are the laws, right? We should follow them. But they should be equally. A rich person shouldn't get out of things just because he's rich. But a rich person shouldn't be prosecuted just because they're rich either. And it felt like in this case that was happening. I don't know if the news department has a comment. We can say we tried to reach him, but no comment. Actually, RJ, it's funny, it's funny you bring this up because it brings to mind, back to memory, one of the greatest uh, sound bites in my estimation in Fox Sports Radio history. When this scandal first broke, it was actually you know a couple of years ago. Uh, the local Boston TV station, uh, TV news media, descended upon Kraft's high-priced, ritzy neighborhood in uh, the suburbs. More language. Well, I'm sorry? <laughs> More loaded language. Right. High yeah. class ritzy neighborhood. See, here's the thing. As long as you're here to translate for me, I can say I can say all this uh, loaded <laughs> subtweeted language and I can get off scot-free kind of like crap. Except, except I'm only on well, five hours a week. Who's saving the people otherwise? <laughs> no. Well, they're, they're I love it, but wait, let me ask you, all joking aside, do you have a strong opinion about Kraft that I, I have a feeling you think he should be prosecuted vigorously. Uh, actually, I really don't in that sense. I just find it really interesting, and, and I knew it from day one, that one way or another, he would eventually, th these charges were eventually going to go away. Let's put it that way. Regardless well, of the merits of the case, uh, I mean, when you're that wealthy, you, you can make a charge like this happen, as opposed to if uh, Lionel Hutz uh, from The Simpsons was, uh, uh, yeah, was yeah, defending uh, you. But I, uh, I will say this, uh, just to go back to the, the, the neighborhood, so they were- Fezzik's, get, Fezzik's getting restless here. He uh, likes to talk, so. so. So anyway, so they were interviewing <laughs> Kraft's neighbors about the charges, and one of the neighbor, neighbors vociferously defended him in what I thought was just a hilarious soundbite. Listen to this. I doubt he did. Why, why? People can't be around people. I mean, come on. <laughs> thick, thick <laughs> Boston accent. People can't be around people. I, I think I think we opened up the, the Pandora's box here. All right, here's what I'll say. Thank you, sir. Fez, you got your soundboard out again? Oh, man. And this is about Isaac? Comparatively speaking, you are like a grain of sand in the Sahara Desert. Yeah. And I am the entire desert. 
All right, Fez. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying that's right, but I mean, why why press that when he's listening? I mean, you can say it later. It's a sports show. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we can agree with this. Isaac's obvious biased view is I get it because rich people have gotten out of so much. Hey, but Fez? you know what's you know what's fat? Oh, one second. You know what's fascinating is think back to the OJ case. If you were around at that time and, you know, of the age to be cognizant, people loved that OJ got off. Not just the racial end of it, but it was like finally the LAPD that had a rep of like mm. running roughshod. Someone had the money to stand up. And you know what? What the Dream Team did really was an indictment of the LAPD. You could not watch that trial and not say, wow, I wonder how many other cases they were this sloppy, but there wasn't enough money to show it. It felt good that it was uncovered right there. So we will get back to sports. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Feds, we gave you a choice on any topic. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about scoring being up in the NFL, almost 50 points per game this year. All right, so 50 points per game on average. What's typical in the NFL? 46 and a half. All right, so up a field goal plus. What do you think? I think it's a combination of three things. All right, so Colin today was talking about this at length on the herd right on FSR right here. And he said, oh, it's a sign of how great the quarterbacks are. It's a sign of how savvy the coaches are. No preseason. I disagree with him. I want to hear what you think. Yeah, I disagree on my top two reasons. I think this crowd noise not being there is really helping the offenses. And you think that's the the biggest reason? That's the number one reason. But Mm. I also think a key reason, COVID, the tackling has not been good for the defenses. And that's favored the offenses as well. And you don't have the most important reason yet. Jonas, you Mm. want to take a crack. What do you think is leading to the scoring? Um, officials are letting stuff slide. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That guy, he, he's sneaky sharp, this guy. <laughs> Do you, you, have you seen numbers on that? The holding penalties I know from week one from a year ago were down almost 80%. Yep. And Michael Lombardi, friend of the show, was talking about, I think the number is 18 NFL teams, two weeks, have yet to be called for one holding penalty. So more than half the league doesn't have even one holding penalty, that's the way you stop drives, right? If it's a 15-yard play, now you go instead of first and 10 way up the field, you're first and, you know, 20. Whew, that, that's how you stop drives. I think the NFL said we don't want it to seem sloppy. So mm. we tell the refs, hey, and I think this is legit. We want to lower the threshold. No cheating, no benefit for any team. Lower the – or rise – I guess raise the threshold of penalties – so scoring's up, doesn't look as sloppy. Jonas was on it fast. How'd you miss that? <laughs> Gosh, Jonas is just like <laughs> dominating me this today. And then Isaac was talking all through your segment. I mean, we'll see if you can redeem yourself. When we come back, we're going to have a prop best bet from Fez Thursday Night Football. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making time right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., week three in the NFL kicks off 8.20 p.m. Eastern time on the NFL Network. It is the Dolphins at the Jaguars. And right now on pregame.com, Jacksonville is a three-point favorite. Ooh, dog. So we talked about earlier earlier in the show, if you missed it, Fez did think maybe tankathon for Jags. We don't feel that anymore. They're favored by three. Fez, even with the pan or the non-fan limited fan situation, Jags would be maybe one and a half here if they were even teams because Jacksonville does have a great home field to start with. Three means the Jags are the better team. Who do you like in the game, first of all? I lean to Miami in the game, and it's about injuries that came out today for Jacksonville. Jacksonville's center is out, and Jacksonville's best wide receiver, Chark, is not going to play as well. Okay. So, Minshew, we were skeptical of him. He's played outstanding. Where do you have him started the season in your rankings of quarterbacks, and where is he now? Started 32nd. 32nd. So the worst quarterback in the NFL. There was no backups better than him? Well, I'm sorry. 30, 30 said counting Andy Dalton and, and the good backups. So I'm confused. Let me just let's start over. What ranking was Minshew entering the season? 32nd best quarterback. Okay. So he was better than some starters or there were no second starters? Better than Haskins. Okay. So there was one guy he was better than Haskins. And who was the one backup that was better than him? Uh Andy Dalton was better, okay. and Winston was better. Then I don't understand how he could be 32. I then. estimated it. I didn't have the list in front of me. Oh, okay. Well, let's do this. We'll skip all that. If you look at the tonight's props, Minshew over under, and this, Jonas, is an interesting way to really project how Vegas thinks the game's going to go. Minshew was 263.5 yards. So the prediction is, hey, he's going to have about 263 yards thrown. Fitzpatrick Moore, 269.5. Now, who's going to run the ball? James Robinson, a back that really, what was his, um, he was drafted where, Robinson? He's out of Illinois State. He was undrafted rookie. Okay, is that an estimate or that's correct? That's correct. <laughs> okay. And Robinson was over under 70.5 yards. So he's way up there rushing, just rushing the ball. And Gaskins for Miami, 37 and a half yards. That's the leading running back rushing is less than 40 yards. So it looks like Fitzpatrick's going to throw, throw, throw. Wide receiver Cole for Jacksonville over under 55. And Devontae Parker for Miami over under 61 and a half. Fez, you have a best bat prop. On one of these guys. Yes, Devontae Parker over 61 and a half pass reception yards. Parker's been hurt most of the year. He's been gutting it out with a hamstring. So he's only averaged 50 yards in games one and two. But this Wednesday, yesterday, he finally had a full practice. Parker is off the injury list completely. So a healthy Parker last year averaged 75 yards per game. I expect that those 50 yards he's averaged this year is because of the injury with him being healthier. Over 61.5 is the best bet. Now, Jonas, to me, this is a very telling handicap, and I like it. It's one thing to say, oh, this guy's overrated, this guy's underrated, this team's overrated, underrated. But when there's a reason, a tangible reason. Now, his performance being less than you thought it could be because of injury, 
Was that about volume where he wasn't in as many snaps? Or was that about efficiency, as in when he was in, he wasn't as effective? Not as effective and not being targeted as much, although he was on the field. Okay. So I love the idea that something fundamentally has changed. And because of that, there's value. So your official best bet on this game? Devontae Parker, over 61.5 pass reception yards. Now, the Dolphins, you know, Tua is the future. Tua's not playing or not starting tonight. Fitzpatrick's a guy you actually, Fez, and this is R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas, Steve Fezzik in studio. You actually were a big fan of Fitzpatrick coming in. Before the season, where'd you have him quarterback-wise, and where's he at now? He was at 16. 16. I thought he was at 13. And I had 16, and I've lowered him to 21. I've downgraded him. Wow. I think that the underreported factor in this game is Byron Jones. Now, Jones probably remembers big-name free agent signing yeah. in the defensive backfield. Yeah, out of uh, Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. He came yes. from Dallas, uh, cornerback, and I think he's going to be out this game, if I'm not mistaken. Doubtful, yeah, I think yeah. he's out already. So, to me, it's a situation where no one's going to think, oh, my gosh, I'm not betting the Dolphins because Jones is out at cornerback. But this was a situation, remember, they got rid of Fitzpatrick to Pittsburgh, you know, good trade. Miami's dumped some talent, no doubt about it. But now you lose the one guy you pay for for this game. I think Minshew benefits here. I kind of lean Jags. They fought. If you look at the game log against Tennessee, from about midway through the second quarter on, Jags were like 15% to win. It was no point that they were like in the game, like, oh, you're going to win, win, win. But they kept fighting and fighting. Tennessee scored. They'd score. This Jags team's on a mission. I don't, I don't think they're a great team. I think they're going to play hard. And because of that, I lean Jags. Ten seconds, any closing thoughts? Jacksonville looked like the better team against Tennessee week two at the end. Better of the than game. Tennessee? Yes. Wow. The Odd Couple is next on many of these Fox Sports Radio affiliates. We are straight out of Vegas. If you missed any of today's show, including a best bet on Thursday night football, make sure you go to foxsportsradio.com and you can check out the podcast after we're finished here. We are straight out of Vegas back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio and as always on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas! 